time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is August 7th, Monday. It's hot August in Central Texas. It was a wonderful weekend. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. We married off our oldest daughter. Such an exciting thing. Laura (laughs) Renee, who has been in the mortgage business, got married to Zachary. So it's now Laura and Zachary Fisher. And we had a wonderful wedding here at our house. And it was delightful. Lots of stories about it. So, of course, we're talking about that in the pre-calls. We're just getting ready to go live, and you're hearing some of the different stories of weddings canceling at the last minute. Nope, not this one. This one went all the way through without a hitch, and it went. they got hitched without a hitch in the wedding plan. So it's great. So we're grateful we're celebrating Laura and Zachary Fisher here on Monday morning on the podcast. So anyway, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for you, mortgage professionals and realtors, and more and more people are listening to this that are related and interested in the mortgage industry. So we're grateful that whoever you fit in the mortgage, real estate ecosystem, we're just honored to have you listening to this podcast. And boy, do we have people listening thousands and thousands a day now listening to the podcast. It's really big. It's really exciting. In fact, so much so that we heard just from Chase, we got off a cost. We're really excited about Chase Correspondent Lending. has wants to come on our podcast. We'll be airing the recording that here next week or soon. Very exciting stuff coming on with them. They're going to be here and going to be sharing the message about community lending. Very exciting program that they have. So anyway, we're grateful to have you as a listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information that you can listen to in an audio format, which means you can listen to it anytime and anywhere. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software. Guys, you got to check out Byte. In a time, in a season, where we're all looking for ways to cut costs, you've got to look and consider Byte as a new solution as your LOS. The architecture is robust. Their process controls are robust. The flexibility integration tools that they have are just top-notch. And the thing, did I mention it's affordable, really affordable? Did I also mention that they only do year contracts so that you're not locked into something? If for some reason some you had a business interruption, this the way Byte does their technology and the way they've structured their relationship with the customers clearly indicates that they are in for the customer first. And they're here to serve you. I love servant leadership. It's one of those things. And we see that evident in Byte Software. Some of the leading companies see out there, Radius Financial, I'm thinking of, of our friends over at Atlantic Bay, all use this software. Many more top companies. This is not just a light little system. This is a robust, full supported enterprise solution. Check out Byte Software. Really excited to have them as a new sponsor. Also, Finastra, they set their custom decisioning parameters and their way they integrate is really unique. It is an open architecture. So bolting into the Finastra systems work seamlessly. I got to tell you, Finastra, again, the largest fintech company in the world, 
that's doing some very innovative things. We're going to have some updates on some of their innovation that they've got coming up. I'll be speaking at three of their user group sessions. They're so big. <laughs> They're so big that they have to break their user groups into three different sessions. So we'll be doing September, October, and November all over the United States speaking to their user group. So excited to be speaking and addressing them. Another expert in this lineup of sponsors is Total Expert. I love how they have a purpose-built CRM and customer engagement platform that creates growth opportunities for you and your consumers that you're trying to get out there. They have a loyalty program for the modern letters that in for not financial institutions that is second to none. You've got to get familiar with Total Expert. Get a demo. Look at what they do to create the connective connection with your consumer that you're working with and maintaining it. So it's establishing a connection, keeping that connection, and then even after the loan closes, what they do is really amazing. Also, Candor technology. It's not just an underwriting technology. It is one that is that has been awarded a uh, patent because of their business processes. It proactively roots out mismatches, inconsistencies, and misinformation that can only cause for expensive repurchases or you have to scratch and dead alone. And they also have an insurance policy that wraps with it. It's, I tell you, what they have done, the thought that goes into is Tom Showalter and the team there at Candor are excellent. So much more than an underwriting system. It can also be used as a wee means of managing quality control, doing due diligence on portfolios if you're buying or selling portfolios. Candor has many opportunities for you to help them. Listen to the interview I did with Ed on May 26th. Outstanding. Also, Simple Nexus. So grateful to have them as a sponsor. They are growing like crazy. I was just talking to David Bolin last week, and i got to tell you, it is. We're just thrilled to have Simple Nexus as a leader in the marketplace. They are leading. A lot going on there. Check them out. Check out the interview we did with Andrea Lightfoot on March 8th. Also, iEmergent is one of our newest sponsors. Thrilled to have them there. Them here with us, and we're going to hear a word from them in just a minute because they do some things that are very unique and innovative. We'll do that just before Mr. Kittle's segment on production. Also, Mortgage Bankers Association, we have Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, the two co-ops, love these things. So we got the major association, MBA, got to be a member of that, going to be in at the annual conferences, what they do for us, and so much on the Hill, so important for us, and their legislative initiatives alone makes the membership worth it. But then we have Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these are co-ops that where you get together with their smaller, more intimate settings where you get together with lender members. Although both of these organizations are growing, TMC is growing like crazy right now. And what they're doing is they allow you to connect with like-sized companies, and you get in a more intimate setting talking about what's going on, what are the challenges that each of them are facing. Mortgage Collaborative has collab, something I like the way they're doing their collab, so collaboratively getting together and working out solutions. Both of them do it, but each of them have a unique way about the way they go about it. Also, KnowledgeCoop, great learning management system I want you to pay attention to. Mobility, MMI, and Modex. Man, what these two companies can do as far as business intelligence, what they can tell you where the market's moving, who's doing what and where, absolutely essential for any recruiting you're doing or hiring you're doing, as well as targeting what markets you should be going into. Also, thank you to Mortgage Advisory Tools. 
The past episode, August 2nd, we interviewed Mike Russell of Total Expert. We talked about integrated mortgage technology ecosystem. Great topic. This week on August 9th, we've got Katerina of Loan Sense going on. This is a program you should know about because what it does is, Katerina, we're talking about the student loan debt impact to our mortgage industry. And there's some secrets. If you're originating loans and you're trying to figure out how to reduce and then you can't get someone qualified because of their student loan debt, listen to this podcast. Katarina and her team at Loan Sense have put, figured out a way to re- make that debt go down on the student loan, go down so you can afford to get into the program. There's also some debt forgiveness going on there. I, didn't aware of, I wasn't aware of any of this. Katarina is ex- just inspirational in so many ways. We love Mark, and I love doing that interview. Also, a shout-out to our regulars, Adam DeSanctis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, Alan Pollock, and my co-host, Mark Helm. So let's get into it. So good to have you all here. We're thrilled to be here with you this fine day. Let's get into it. Starting off with the MBA Mortgage Minute with Adam DeSanctis. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA and the Housing Policy Council requested a 30-day process to review and comment on the Department of Veterans Affairs' latest foreclosure prevention concept, the Veterans Assistance Servicing Program, or VASPI. The letter cited that additional details are needed in order to assess the borrower impact and the ability of servicers to deliver it without undue costs or risks. The VASPI program is a concept that VA has been developing as an expected solution to provide payment relief to distressed borrowers in today's high interest rate environment. Under VASB, the VA will modify the borrower's payment to a below-market interest rate after purchasing the loan from the mortgage servicer. Despite the VA's engagement with industry in recent months, VA has not provided any written program description, outline, or framework. MBA and HPC believe stakeholders should have the opportunity to provide feedback on the program's design and implementation. Specific issues that require greater transparency include the maximum number of borrowers served, the ability to provide relief promptly, FASB's compliance with Regulation X, and the ability to facilitate successful servicing transfers. MBA will continue to monitor and communicate developments on VASB to members. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Good job. Adam DeSantis, appreciate you and the MBA for all that you're doing up there. VASB, very interesting. Payment reduction. I listened to some of the stuff, and I'm going, okay, i got to see how that works. Again, we got to get the details. But thank you, Adam, for giving us that information and a full update. Now, let's get over. Oh, well, by the way, on MBA, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. We talk about that each and every week. Sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance. It's essential and uh, that we have that, that you have your voice heard, and you do not have to be a member, even though you should be. You do not have to be a member of the MBA to have your voice heard. We need to have our voices heard, especially when we're dealing with uh, huge lobbies like the National Association of Realtors, which is like behemoth total compared to us. But sign up, Mortgage Action Alliance. Thank you, MBA, for all that you do. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Up on melancholy, hill there's a day the tree. Are they here for bears or bulls? The curve believes that the Fed's restrictive policy will constrain growth and choke off inflation. Interpretive data drives rates and yield spreads. 
As a result, Friday's jobs report gives the bulls a reason to reverse the bear trend this month and then focus on getting 30-year mortgage rates back below 6%. It takes more data for the bulls to reach nirvana. But do I hear sleigh bells? Our bulls looking out on the curve for a Christmas dream. These views are mine. Catch a new wave with Bubblegum Pop at tmspotlight.com. <laughs> oh, gotta love Car Parker. That kind of shows off a little bit of his musicality there. It's a good job. I like that, Les Parker. Good, good job. Message very well received. Christmas. So what is the holidays going to look like? Are we going to have a lump of coal here with interest rates? Parker thinks we might see a decent rally here, so hopefully that's the case. So check out TM Spotlight. You can sign up for Les Parker's TM Spotlight newsletter. Get the paid version for free if you put in the word power for power seller in there. So check it out. Les Parker, thank you. And Gary Kenterbone for you two teaming up for a great update. Uh, Listen to this spot that John Maniel just sent in, our newest sponsor, iEmergent, and how iEmergent can help you. Thanks, David. Today's update has to do with something quite new that mortgage lenders are doing to increase loan volume. They are identifying and addressing gaps in coverage. With the tools we now have at our disposal, like Mortgage Market Smart from iEmergent, lenders can not only see their branches on an interactive map, but also where their closed loans are occurring on that map. And most importantly, how many loans are going to close in each neighborhood this year, next year, and the year after that? Lenders who use Mortgage Market Smart to actually look into the future to see precisely how many loans will close in each census tract are focusing on known hotspots within their geographies and significantly increasing the number of borrowers they're engaged with. Methods that lenders use to establish a presence in known hotspots will be in one of our future updates, David. Thank you, John Maynell. Normally we would have, I'm looking in here for Matt Graham, and for where is the Matt? Where, Car 52, where are you? Matt Graham, where are you? We don't see you in the lineup here today, so I'll give you a Matt. Sorry to see that. Matt must be tied up somewhere. I'm looking up and down the line, but anyway, he's not here with it. Didn't dial in, so I hope everything's all right with him. I'm looking at the calendar. I'm looking at mbslive.net, the screen here. It's outstanding. This week we've got uh, today, 3 p.m., coming out as a consumer credit for June. It is anticipated to be projected to be forecast as $13 billion, and it was previous was 7.2. That's interesting. And then we've got the Business Optimism, NFIB. Didn't get a chance to look that up. But Business Optimism, Optimism Index, if anyone knows what the FI, or NFIB is, you can look it up and jump in here and tell me about that. But anyway, it, it was a forecast to be 90.6. Uh, last week or the previous reporting period, it came in at uh, 91. So pretty close to where it was anticipated. We'll see where it comes at. That's at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Then we also have the trade gap that's going to be coming in. That was negative 69 billion. It's going to be projected to be 65 negative. Then we have, let's see, wholesale inventories on Tuesday as well. So Tuesday is the day. We've got some significant data coming out, three-year treasury, API, so anyway, good stuff going on. The MBA's purchase index will be coming out. That will be coming out at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. See if there's anything else in there. There's lots of great information. If you want to check it out, check out Matt Graham's mbslive.net. you got to get this 
service. It's wonderful. It sits on behind my screen all the time, behind my desk, so I have it and turn around looking at it all the time. Good to have you here, listeners. Check out mbslive.net, and if you are signing up, when it asks for a code, put in LOL for a sign-up code, and you get an extended trial period without a credit card. Of course, you do need to get your credit card in there. So anyway, Matt, hope you're, Matt Graham, hope you're doing okay wherever you're at. We're missing you on the podcast today, but we do appreciate you and your contributions each and every week. Mr. Kittle is here with his wit and wisdom, and so grat- grateful for your ability to comment on the production side of the business. We've been talking, David, about a lot about the realtor commissions. That are some of the things that are coming up. Uh, as it seems now inevitable, we're going to be selling, seeing the the sales side, selling side, the buyer side of the commission going away. It's more and more evidence that's happening, but we just don't see people preparing. So I'm wondering what is going out there, Mr. Kittle. I had a couple questions for you, but do you have anything you want to share for us before I start zigging you with questions? No, I hit you with a quick text there in our I did. I just saw it. Yeah, Yeah, go for it. It was interesting over the weekend that we do the social media, and I watch LinkedIn, and I've got – there were some comments out there about the Basel Bank capital rule. Yes. And I'm not sure everybody's taking this as seriously as they should. It's just not capital. If you're an IMB, there were some comments out there on LinkedIn where people were saying, if this happens, then the IMBs will rule. And nothing could be further from the truth because yes. the tentacles and the ramifications of this, if the banks get hit with it, are could be devastating to IMBs. And just from two things, look, MBA is one of your sponsors. Certainly, I've given several pints of blood to MBA in my career. Mills put out something <laughs> so yeah. this morning, which is really good. And he's talking about the seven reasons why the entire mortgage market should care about the Basel Bank Capital Rule. And he's spot on, and I just want to mention two of them as it relates to IMBs. MSR assets, right? There's basically, it's going to be a fee or a tax on those. And if you think margins are compressed now, let this go through. Let that be uh, another fee or more capital that has to be put aside because of MSR rights. And watch your servicing release premiums if a bank has a correspondent relationship with you shrink even more. And then he talks about how the tentacles go all the way down to where the banks have to look at what operations that are really profitable for them with the least amount of risk. And it's going to affect banks who do warehouse lending. So your warehouse lines are going to either dry up or there's going to be less banks to get your lines from, which means that cost is going to go up as well. So you mentioned it a minute ago, whether you're a member of NBA or not, and you should be, you need to yes. join the Mortgage Action Alliance and let your voice be heard to your member of Congress and your senator immediately on this. This is nothing to play with. All right, that's a really good point. That's really good. Where can we learn more about that? Was it published by Pete in a separate email or is it in an MBA news link this morning? Where, uh, where can Pete, we learn more Pete about it? Pete put it out uh, this morning, I think, by him. It came to me from Pete Mill, so it was not in Newslink. But I'm okay. sure you can you can get it. We'll look there. it up. Yeah, Basel Bank Capital Rule. Google that. Proposal. We'll try to get some links on it. And very interesting. People think that things like that will not impact IMBs. They're crazy. It's that significant. Very well, good. I mean, it, it, it affects them more because the banks have other lines of business. Yeah, that can bring yeah. them revenue. The, you know, the IMBs are, are mortgages only. If it was 
couple of silly comments people just not thinking it through out there at all. I'm going to forward you the email, and then you can link it up if you want to. David. Yeah, if you want, yeah, we'll, we'll link it in there into our show notes, everyone, so you can go get that. Mr. Kittle, thank you so much. Appreciate you so much. Any Welcome. exciting news, any updates from TMC that you want to share with us? Before we, if we got Matt Graham, he dialed in. Better late than <laughs> never. Better late than never to have the bat here. But before we go out of Matt, let's, any other good things you have for us? No, just we're about four and a half weeks from our conference in Nashville. And it looks yes, like we're going to be, be very close to, to – I'm looking forward to seeing you and having you buy me a bourbon. Of and, course. Uh, yeah, we're close to record numbers as we're tracking the last couple of the conventions we've had. Turnout for this in Nashville, always a popular venue, is going to be great. So we're oh, looking yeah. forward to it. Great venue and a great conference. So looking forward to seeing you there, David. Always, TMC conferences are just outstanding. The speaker lineup, so it'll be really good. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Now we're going to go back to Matt Graham. Good to see you made it, Matt. How's- Man, I know. Almost didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I was doing a report. I don't see Matt on the, on the switch. So I went through the economic calendar a little bit, at least through Wednesday, but you can add to that. But So give us an update. Good to hear from you. I was making, just thrilled to know that you're okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We are uh, sorting a couple hundred pounds of blueberries from the farm to take to the food bank today. And I was on my laptop down there and the laptop just had MBS Live on it and I didn't have my my email. So I didn't see my normal alarm that goes off to let me know it's time to jump on the podcast. Oh, that's Um, all right. Glad to have you there. We're a good good cause. Anyway, how about the financial markets? So bonds backed up in maybe in anticipation of the jobs report last week to some extent. And I think the fact that with the jobs report coming in roughly in line with the consensus to see such a big rally on Friday, that would validate that stance to some extent. But before then, people were talking about things like the ADP data last week, another big number out of the ADP employment report. And this is something I wanted to talk about really quick because there's a, a, an interesting paradox where ADP consistently has an impact on the bond market, but it consistently gives false signals for uh, what NFP is going to do. And just for those that aren't familiar with these two terms, ADP is uh, an employment report right. from the actual uh, ADP payroll company, and then NFP, non-farm payrolls, the big government jobs report, the one that really matters to the bond market. And it's one of these things where just like people like to hear predictions, even if they know those predictions aren't worth a damn because you can't really know the future of the financial market. (laughs) ADP is the same way. It it is a report that comes out very close to the jobs report that purports to have some predictive value, whether it's good or bad, it's at least something for the market to go on uh, in the meantime. And just if you want to hedge against the risk, that the NFP number is going to come out higher than you sell some more bonds. But in addition to ADP on Wednesday, we also had the quarterly treasury refunding announcement that was expected to show higher borrowing amounts, but it was even a little bit higher than expected, especially for 10-year treasury yields. There were also details on the treasury's buyback program, which won't start until 2024, but will be a, a meaningful almost like a light version of Fed QE or Fed reinvestments where the treasury will buy back some treasuries. And that was a little bit underwhelming relative to some expectations. And so that contributed to a spike on Wednesday. We also had Japan allegedly selling some treasuries as part of their yield curve control measures. All of that brought yields up to the highest levels in months. 
mortgage rates up basically in line with the highs since November right. 2022, which are basically the highest levels in 23 years. So big rally after the jobs report just relieves some of that pressure. But I think that we do need to be cognizant of the broader narrative, which is that data is generally pretty strong and, or at least less bad than many people thought it would be by this point with the rates that we're having to deal with. And so we really need not to be an industry that perpetually wants to see bad economic data. Let's see, let's cheer for people (laughs) losing their jobs. Hooray. But we really need to see the economic data take a, a cooler turn And to that end, this week's CPI is, of course, the biggest deal. And that's out on Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Between now and then, we do have these new higher dollar amount treasury auctions to digest. So it'll be interesting to see how those go with a couple extra billion here, extra billion there. What's that among friends anyway? And uh, if those are taken down fairly well, then that could be another sigh of relief for the bond market. But it would take... uh, a calm CPI on Thursday for a bigger sigh of relief. Wow. Interesting. I've got the screen here zoomed all the way out on the 10-year treasury when you're looking at what's going on here. We had our, you weren't on the earlier, but we were talking about we had our daughter's wedding. So I was out Thursday and Friday, not getting a chance to look at the screens. And so missed a lot. Wow. But. Yep. yep. Uh, Interesting week. Not in a great way. Not in such a good way. But the blueberry harvest was good up there in the Pacific Northwest. It sounds like yeah, good. and MBS MBS outperformed at yes. the numerous occasions last week because the focus was so much on Treasury issuance. So MBS caught a little bit of a break in that regard. So mortgage rates didn't spike quite as much as Treasuries. That is that's notable for sure. Let's get around and get a little round table, see if there's any questions. Mark, any comments or questions you have for Matt, and then I'll get to Mr. Kittle and Alice. No, interesting market last week, that's for sure. I missed all the excitement. Yeah, missed it all. Mr. Kittle, any questions for Matt? No, I think Matt's always got great analysis. He does. I think he's right, and I'm happy that his crop came in. <laughs> the best part is he's, 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 I, I, I will he's, throw one thing in there for you, David. The more we talk about how bad interest rates are, the more it's in everybody's head. So they're here, except whatever the market is right now. Yeah. Us individually can change it and go out there and do loans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and my my key uh, goal on interest rates is to thaw out some inventory because I do think that buyers are much more acclimated to it now. It's, yeah, okay, mortgage rates around seven percent. I, I do I need a home? Yeah, okay, so that's what I got to pay. If I need to consolidate debt, it can still make sense. And the clients on MBS Live are reporting much less pushback to the current level of rates. When we first got up into the sevens, it was like, oh my god, I would never get a mortgage at that rate. And now it's okay. That's what mortgage rates are. I would like to personally see them come down so that um, I would stop seeing loan officers fall past my office window and also (laughs) so that it would thaw out some inventory. I can see the picketing outside your office with the, man, get rates down. (laughs) Go buy some bonds. Yeah. Go by months. Anyway, so funny. All right. Good report. We've already said, everyone, we'll say it again, mbslive.net. Sign it up. You can get the extended trial period by putting in the code LOL, look at on lending. 
And uh, But you want to just sign up for it. So affordable, so much information, all in one concise place. You can get also on your mobile, you, when you're out there picking blueberries or fishing or kittle paying golf, you can get on your iPhone, you can get on your iPad or any iDevice out there, any Android device, whatever. You can download it. See it anywhere when you're out vacating and enjoying some of the summer heat. Matt Graham, thanks for checking in. I was just born yeah, anything else. Always, yeah, no, it's just good to get a good report from you, no matter when you deliver it. It's always good and appreciated, valued. Alice, did you have any questions for him before we get over to you? I guess I've had a question for a while as I keep listening to all the reports. Are there any leading indicators that are being used? It seems like all the indicators are lagging measures, lag measures. Mm -hmm. And is there such a thing as a lead measure for any of this? Because all we keep hearing is all the speculation. I walk by the TVs all day and everybody's got their spin on what's going to happen next. But (laughs) are there any truly leading indicators that can be used? It's funny, like the leading Economic indicators report is a lagging indicator in and of itself. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so not really in a perfect sense, but for instance, uh, w- at times when the market is looking for change uh, or looking for some shift in the economic undercurrents, uh, we might be focusing more on jobless claims, weekly jobless claims numbers. Unfortunately, there have been some distortions to those and even due to some unscrupulous things that were done where people submitted fraudulent claims that distorted a number. So there's maybe a trust issue, but jobless claims on a weekly basis is one. MBA applications specific to the mortgage industry is on a weekly basis. And then there are some sort of off the beaten path metrics that uh, make the rounds mostly in the, the Twitter sphere. Things like, I don't remember the exact name of it, but there's some really on the run inflation measurement, I don't know, efforts. I, I don't know what you'd call them, indices that try to adapt more quickly to changes in prices. But that's as hard to do with big publicly available data. Yeah, I think jobless claims would be one of the best ones. And then paying attention to help wanted signs that you drive by, as long as you're seeing lots of those, then the labor market still has some slack. Of course, where you live might not be the same as where everyone else lives. Freight in trucking, right, port traffic, all of the things that speak to economic activity that don't make it into economic reports. I don't have a list for you to say, hey, look at these seven things, but those are the types of things that can be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, I yeah, was thinking about a great the... way to frame a question, though, Alice. I thought that was yeah, that was it really was interesting way to put it. You're exactly right. And it's a really good question, and a lot of people are thinking about it and asking it right now. And people are are definitely sensitive and on the lookout for that kind of stuff. What about the JOLTS report, Job Opening and Labor Turnover Report? Isn't that yeah, have some big time lag? Big time lag. Oh, that's a big time. That's, that's a big time lag. Okay. That comes out so on the fun. same week that NFP comes out, but JOLTS is for the previous month. Oh, so for the previous, yeah. A, a very yeah. strategic thing, a very big picture sort of undercurrent. Yeah, I Matt, know that. Yeah. What do you, Matt? What do you think the chances are that? The information we use it really determines what happens to our market is going to d- dramatically change in the future. We've been living this for a while, and then the information's so old, and then you have some possible fraudulent information coming to that and all. It's starting to question the whole credibility of it. So you see any changes in the immediate future where there be some standardization of the information and better output? 
that's a good question too. I think that the big uh, government reports will, especially at the national level, will continue to uh, serve their same roles that they do now. And it would be something like some upstart survey or index created to try to answer Alice's question better that might gain traction over time. And a few of these things have the economic surprise index after the financial crisis that definitely got a lot more traction because people didn't want to not see something like that coming again. And so I think it was City that uh, reverse engineered something that would have spoken to the financial crisis and then people have been following that since then and other banks have adopted that. And don't quote me on whether or not it was City, but I know they have one. Yeah, I don't see the big dogs really not being a part of what the market's following. I think that the consequence would be more like, how do we reform this so that this doesn't happen again? And with jobless claims, I will just note, it's particularly difficult because you're dealing with all 50 states' unemployment departments. So if any state drops the ball in what they let through, it can taint the whole thing. And that's what happened uh, a few months ago to cause that issue that I mentioned. So, David, can I throw one thing out? Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, TMC offers to its members, it came about because our members asked for it, and we call it TMC Benchmark. And it's a very small set of data points, uh, and our members turn it in monthly. A lot of it we can uh, go in and integrate and extrapolate from their LOS. Some of it is manual, but they get it within 30 days if you're a TMC member. Yeah. Data uh, about production and everything, what their peers are doing, and it's free to our members. And so it's yeah. about as timely a, a data that you can have out there within 30 days to make business judgments on. So it's one of the benefits of TMC. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's not an economic indicator, but it gives the econ- it gives the, it's it's relative to your company economics, what others are doing. That's great, David. Thanks. Yeah. In fact, I need to follow up with well, you da- on that. David, David, um, one of the things that I do, and I just want to get Matt's opinion on this. Maybe I'm just way off base, but I pay a lot of attention to debt ceilings and how much debt is out there, and I also mainly in the credit card arena when that gets published. And then I pay a lot of attention to the actual economy and sales because most of that's very trackable state by state with sales tax and all. And I feel I feel real good when sales are up and debt is down. And then I adjust it when I see things other than that happen. What do you feel about looking at those two factors more than we do today? I think you got to be really careful with looking at debt levels because they can increase when things are good for the economy too. Yeah. And so you'd really want to break it down maybe to non-revolving and and try to find trends that are more specific because a lot of people like myself included, from a logical standpoint, the more debt you're taking on, the worse things should be for the economy. But the opposite is usually true with economic cycles. People are borrowing more money when they're spending more and feeling more like they can repay that debt. So it's hard to separate in those numbers what the debt's being taken out for, right? Are they taking out debt to consolidate other debts or are they taking out debt to buy stuff because they feel like they can afford more stuff? Yeah, Um, I think that last point is spot on, Matt. It's the type of borrowing they're doing, whether it's on a credit card or an equity line or cash out refi. And you really got to look at how how they're structuring their borrowing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you always want to be sensitive to your lens, too, because like loan officers on MBS Live will say, man, the borrowers I'm seeing right now are, are strapped for cash and really looking to consolidate debt and have more debt and less disposable income, higher DTIs. And, and, but then somebody will bring up the point, yeah, but what, are, what borrowers are the ones that are coming through the system right now to do refis? The, you really need a reason to refi right now that is really tangible as opposed to just looking for a lower rate. All of the borrowers that were just looking for the lower rate have already come through. So the demographic, financial demographics may have changed for the mortgage industry. And I think that some broad level surveys support that to some small extent. But a few changes here in FICO are a pretty big deal if we don't normally see those kinds of changes. Good stuff. Appreciate you, Matt. Thanks for dialing in. Look at this. All the stuff we had, we had questions. You knew it. Thanks for what you do for giving back in so many ways, such as you're doing with the blueberry harvest as well. You're a good man. You bet. I don't care what they say about you out there. <laughs> I do appreciate you. <laughs> Generally appreciate you, Matt. Good stuff. If you haven't signed up for MBS Live, do so now. Let's get over to Alice Alvey, who asks good questions and also has great information. That was a good question, Alice Alvey. Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at the amazing Union Home Mortgage, and uh, she's got this week's legislative update. Alice, how are you doing? I am doing well. Hello, listeners. This week, I thought I'd catch us up on a little bit going on with the NMLS. We haven't talked about that in a long time. And NBA did publish a letter to the president and CEO of the Conference of State Bank Supervisors back July 14th. And this got me looking at some of the numbers. For those of you who aren't aware, we have call reports, mortgage call reports and financial condition reports that have to get filed quarterly with the CFBS, with the National Mortgage Licensing System, essentially, at nmls.org. You can go check all of that out. But essentially, today we have a standard report and an expanded report. The expanded report is the one that's filed if you are a lender that is Fannie, Freddie, FHA, or Ginnie Mae approved. And they're looking at combining those two reports for those companies. Okay. now. But creating one form, and this is supposed to go into effect for Q1 of 2024's filings. And MBA's letter, I think, is spot on that this is a really tight turn. Now, NMLS has said, okay, we proposed this like in 2018 before COVID hit, mm-hmm. but everybody forgot about it, right? It's been sitting out there. Mm-hmm. And this boiled down to communication, I think, and it started to resonate with me overall with just communication as a whole, no matter what you do in mortgage banking, you have to be communicating and presenting information in a way that gives people context for how they have to apply it. When you go to the NMLS website, they've got, here's the old report, here's the new format we want you to file, and they basically try and say, ah, don't worry about it. Only the stuff that applies to you will appear when you go to file online. Not everybody files online. And when you really look at the weeds, this is going to impact small mortgage companies more so than the larger ones. Uh, They'll have uh, more reporting responsibility. So I thought the recommendation from MBA uh, to make sure they get more communication out there and really extend this time frame, have a proper restart a 90-day comment period, and then give people 18 months to implement this. But for those of you who don't believe that we'll get the extension, it is something to go pay attention to now because September's around the corner, which means you're going to be getting ready for this quarter, and you essentially only have two more quarters to use your current format, 
and you'll have to be ready for the new format starting with Q1 information, which essentially means you've got to be ready by the end of this year so that your data is going in the right place to prepare those reports. So just a heads up that, that I think it's definitely worth paying attention to to see if we can't get that extension. Uh, it's a reasonable group over there, we hope. The more voices yeah. uh, that are on uh, shouting out about an extension, the more we'll get. As I started looking at that, I got looking at NMLS numbers, and we keep mm. talking about to, to your points earlier about, okay, rates are up. We Let's t- talk about the negative. Do you know there are more loan officers today? Than, and so the last numbers, i got to qualify my statement. So Q4 of 2022 was NMLS last report. Do you know their right. lo- number of loan officers is increasing? Increasing. Really? So we talk about rates going up, but the number of lo- licensed loan officers has also gone up. There are over 600,000 licensed loan officers. Now, that includes the federal registration individuals as well. So at the federal registration, their numbers went down, but the individuals for state licensed entities had a 7% growth. And on average, so there are over 1 billion licenses, 1 million licenses uh, increased. So that was an 8% growth in the number of licenses. Yeah, 8%. So I thought that was interesting. There are more loan officers, and more loan officers are getting licensed in more states. So NMLS has some great data to go check out. If you haven't looked at it lately, uh, I was surprised to see that. A few states are declining. Uh, Kentucky, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Arkansas were on the declining list, but uh, the rest of the country is making up for that. So heads up, there's growth out there, and people are seeing opportunity and still getting into the business. That is encouraging. And you know who's doing a really good job of bringing people into the business? Union Home Mortgage. That interview we did with Bill Alice that was there and how he had the interns in the office as we did that was just so indicative of Bill's commitment to continue to foster growth and within our industry and bringing new fresh blood into there. That's good. Tied that little anecdotal note in with the... to your report. Good stuff. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it very much. You're any question? Anyone have any questions for Alice? Mark, David? Good. Not at all at once. Good. <laughs> I was going to say, not all at once, please. Yeah. So stunning. We're just speechless, Alice. We're just speechless. That's so good. Alice, Alice, this is Mark. What were some of the states that had the largest increase in loan officers? Oh, let me look. I have that. I think I still have it open here. The largest, the states with the biggest increases, let's see, going up individuals. Oh, let's see, going up increases. Maine had a 4% increase. <laughs> Missouri had wow. 3%. Indiana had a big increase. I was surprised. They, Indiana, right. 3% in Georgia. Two to three percent through Alabama, Alaska, Arizona—not giant increases, but going up nonetheless. So maybe that just means people aren't retiring their licenses when they should. <laughs> There's that. It's 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 a, it's a definitely a doggy dog world out there right now. And I think the thing is, we are finding companies like Union Home that are recruiting new people in. I celebrate that. We need new blood in here, and we need those that are in here now. 
and working away at this, having forming the right attitude, which, which is something we're always talking about here at TMS and something Kittle's talking about there at uh, TMC. Very I'm good. I'm going to throw in Florida. I'm going to throw in Florida and Idaho oh. and two other big ones for increases. Interesting. Yeah, not surprised with Florida. Idaho, Oklahoma. a lot of people are moving there. Oklahoma's in there. Good. Yep. Alice, thank you so much for coming on, giving us an update. Appreciate it very much. Normally we'd run now over to Alan Pollock. I got a text from him that says, Dave, I'll try to get on the podcast, but I'm busy putting together IKEA furniture for my daughter who just moved into a dorm and or into into college. So I don't know if they moved to a dorm or if she she's moving into. But anyway, they're busy. So he has one of his daughters going off to college. So he is busily setting up furniture. Remember those days, anybody? Gosh, it seems like just yesterday we were doing that for Christina, our youngest daughter, and now she was home for the wedding holding her our, our first granddaughter, a little Eloise. So it's just like amazing how fast time starts moving when the kids get to that age. So I told them, fast your seatbelt, don't worry. If you can make it in, great. If you can't, no problem either. Well, I think that wraps up this week. So unless we have anything, Mark, you have anything else you want to share with the audience? Any reflections on today's podcast? No, sir. No, sir. Other than the fact that I love we've got such an analytical group and come back and report some great numbers for us, so I get educated yeah. every week, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> I know. When Alice, I called Alice when we first launched this podcast. I said, Alice, I think I could talk a little bit about this, but we need to have some more data points in here. And so Alice joined me at the very first podcast, gosh, 15 years ago or so. Anyway, whatever, how long ago? It's a long time ago. It's we're way in the rearview mirror. But all of you that have been listening for a long time, very grateful to have you here. For those of you who are part of the podcast team, Alice being the first in here, thank you so much. And uh, Kittle's one of the more recent ones to join in, but we're grateful to have you, our listeners, here each and every week. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. Look forward to it. Again, realize this. It's so much about your attitude and leadership. We've got a lot of things we could talk about. We're talking more about that in the weeks ahead. Also, check out the podcast we're going to be releasing this week which, again, is the one with uh, Katrina talking about the student loan debt impact on your mortgage and how it can make a difference. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit out here. Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, Candor Technologies, Simple Nexus, iEmergent, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, The Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, and Mortgage Advisory Tools. So good to have you here, everyone. Have a great week and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.